Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, for Monday, February 17th. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, and follow the Twitter page for yours truly, which is at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined to do so, as well as you could check out the email, which is LockdownPadres at gmail.com. Hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns you guys may have. And sometimes those questions may be answered here on the show. And that's what we're going to be doing today, guys. But before we get into that, I just wanted to say thank you to all the listeners that we had the first week of the the podcast. You guys were really kind. Um, Some people sent out messages to me saying that they were enjoying the show, and some people sent out questions, obviously. And, you know, I just want to say I really appreciate it. Uh, One of the things that people mentioned, too, is that I pronounced the names of Tommy Pham and Joey Lucchese incorrectly. I was saying Joey Lucchese and Tommy uh, Pham is what I was saying. So thank you to everybody who pointed that out to me. I really appreciate it. And doing so kindly, by the way. I don't know why I thought it was Tommy Pham. I mean, granted, it is spelled with a P. But still, I don't know why the dots didn't connect. I don't know why nobody... Mentions that to me earlier, like what I was, I've been saying that name like that for like a year. I don't know. So, so that was, that was my mistake. But you know what? Mistakes happen. We learn from them and we move on. But today, as I alluded to, we're answering um, some listener questions. Two, in fact. That's what's going to encompass today's show. And they both come by way of Mr. Andrew Radcliffe. So thank you to Mr. Radcliffe for um, sending me some questions that I'll be answering on today's show. And number one, I do plan on doing this for a number of episodes so trust me guys feel free to send in stuff lord knows i need content especially since spring training is only just starting and the season's still you know about a month away which i'm sure will be here before we know it but still i love it when people help you know give me reasons to talk about the padres and in ways that maybe i didn't even consider here's the first ever this is the first so congratulations to mr andrew radcliffe this is the first ever question that i'll be answering from a listener on the podcast so here we go by way of Mr. Radcliffe, are you frustrated as a Padres fan knowing that Luis Urias is a higher-ranked prospect than Jeter Downs, yet Dodgers got Mookie? Feels like they could have come up with a similar package had they waited. Easy to say so now, he says in parentheses. Still think the trade was decent getting Zach Davies and Trent Grisham, but curious on your thoughts. Well, Andrew, I'm glad you asked, because I have to admit, I'm a little... I've been thinking about this a little bit, too. Because this happens every once in a while. I feel like this happens in the NBA a lot. I know that this happens with the the Celtics a little bit, where everyone's always wondering how they, with all the assets that they that that team had at one point, how they weren't able to acquire more superstars, or at least acquire the superstars they were rumored to get. But for the Padres, so I, I have two thoughts on this. Right, number one is this: I think that that Luis Sirius, I'm wondering, this is this is total speculation, I'm wondering if his kind of mediocre is showing in the time that he played, maybe devalued him a little bit. I think that any GM who thinks that way is very foolish, I, I would say, if they're going to just take such a small sample size, because Urias has kind of been a, a little bit of a favorite prospect when it comes to the Padres farm system, so... I wouldn't let just a, a small sample size freak people out. And I mean, I don't like it when managers start playing the old veteran star player just because of the name value. And I think that's might have been what happened with Ian Kinsler last year. And granted, don't get me wrong, Urias struggled a bit, but I just feel like you need to give him the reps. And it's not like the Padres were exactly competing 
for a playoff spot last year for the most part. So I don't understand what the 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 downside was in playing him more. But anyway, I do think that the Padres could have gotten Mookie for a different package or at least a similar package, as you said. And I don't think that there are too many boundaries in the way of that have that being potentially happening. The Padres still had some money left over, about some fifty million of it, and they could have afforded to spend it on some extra talent. Maybe they could have, you know, paid Mookie after the season. I'm sure he would cost a lot of money, but still, it's not. I don't think totally, you know, unfeasible, you know, for them to do that. But that being said, as you as you said before, Andrew. They did get Zach Davies and Trent Grisham. Now, Zach Davies is not a front-end a starter. He's not going to fix the starting rotation problem, but he's a good back-of-the-rotation guy. He'll give you innings. Not He's not incredible, I know, but it's good to have some depth because the Padres were struggling with their rotation last year. I mean, without, the, without Paddock, I think that people would have seen this as one of the worst starting pitcher rotations in baseball. So... I, I do like that part of it. And then also Trent Grisham. I'm really high on Trent Grisham. One, because he's just a utility guy in the sense that he can kind of play all three outfield positions pretty well. And the Padres have had some outfield position player questions. And Lord knows that they're still kind of having those issues. But Grisham, what I like about him is he has a consistent thing in his minor league play that he has always been able to get on base not too much power, although he did have around, I think it was 30 home runs actually across all leagues last season. So I'm not expecting him to do 30 homers this year. Maybe he's a 15 to 20 guy. But he's a guy that's going to hit for a decent average, and he's a guy that's definitely going to get on base. I mean, he's displayed a remarkable sense of being able to take pitches and whatnot in the minors. And while he has had some some blunders, he had the error, I believe it was in the playoffs last year, against the Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken, that really cost them. He had a, a, quite an error there, so maybe that doesn't speak volumes to his defensive ability, but he's been good before. So it's not like the Padres didn't get anything, and obviously I would rather have Mookie Betts than Zach Davies and Trent Grisham, but at least they did get something. And they also, in terms of another similar trade package, you do have a point, though. They could have maybe taken more salary from David Price, maybe. They could have sent someone like... Logan Tramiel, who was acquired in the Trevor Bauer trade, which was kind of an underrated move that happened last season. Granted, of course, Logan Tramiel struggled a little bit in double A, actually. But still, he's definitely a prospect that's been highly regarded. I I do worry a little bit in the sense that I do worry that Preller might have been a bit premature with Urias, and maybe, maybe that's why. But I don't really think that this is a... Th- here's the thing. I mentioned this before. When you have a team that you're not quite so sure if it's for sure a contender, you you don't want to you want to pump the brakes a little p- pump the brakes a little bit, you know. At least in my opinion, you don't want to go all in because remember they're still paying Machado a lot of money. We are not the New York Yankees. We are not the Los Angeles Angels. We're not the Chicago Cubs. We're not the Boston Red Sox. And to be paying that much money to Machado and and unfortunately Will Myers to an extent, who Lord knows we need him to step up this year and. This is not this is not a team that can afford to do that. So you if you only get Mookie Betts for a year, uh, maybe maybe it would have cost more. Now I, I don't know because that's the key. Uh, so this, see, now I'm countering myself where it's like, but the Red Sox didn't even get that much. All they got was a, a pitching prospect who has a messed up arm apparently, and then they got Alex Verdugo who apparently has an attitude problem and is just 
people are down on him now, which is which is a little odd. But to to, to sum it all up, Andrew, I think that I would have been more upset if at least if we hadn't traded, if we were doing nothing with Luis, you know, or Luis Urias, and if we hadn't done anything in the off season. I think that in a lot of ways, the Padres have improved their team in small, steady little increments. And yes, maybe they didn't get the home run hit, which would have been Mookie Betts, or say spending some of the potential leftover money they had on someone like Hyunjin Ryu, for example. I doubt they would have gotten Strasburg, but you know, someone along those lines. I do think that would have been nice. But again, I'm trying to be more positive. I do think that the Padres did improve their team at least a little bit. And maybe AJ Prowler is saying, wait, I want to see what we have here. I want to see if people improve. And then maybe come trade deadline or maybe even a little bit closer to the season, he's going to say, all right, you know what? I'm, I like this deal. This guy's on the market, whatever. I think he's I think he's got ammo and I think he's ready to use it soon. And I think that Trent Grisham, I'm really high on him. I think he's going to be a great outfielder. I really do. I think he's going to be awesome. And I don't think people are quite prepared for it, actually. I, I think that people aren't don't realize how good this guy might be. I don't know quite what his upside is, but I think that he's... Just going to be one of those solid, in terms of offense, he might be like a, he he gives me like, not in terms of, he doesn't play like him, but like an Alex Gordon vibe. Definitely not in terms of the defense. I mean, Alex Gordon is like an incredible defender when he was in his prime. But just that solid like 270, gets on base maybe 350, and gives you like 20 home runs a year, like that type of guy. Those guys are really valuable. Even 15 home runs a year. Just a solid, solid guy. But I don't want to step on my thunder too much because actually I want to answer another one of Andrew's questions, which is another outfield-related questions that he sent me. A smaller question, but still. But first, we have something special this week. We have a little bit of a, a live read that we're going to get into, a little bit of a sponsorship, and that's from League Commish. And we're going to be doing something called the Fantasy Minute every day this week. So I'm going to talk about a fantasy player from the, the Padres who I think is going to be better or worse for this season. So let's do it today on the Fantasy Minute brought to you by League Commish. We're talking Fernando Tatis Jr. That's right. You know that name. He's great. He hits for power. He's got amazing speed. He makes plays and a wizard on the base paths. He's everything. You know, one of the big upcoming stars in the league. But you know what? I actually think if you're playing fantasy this year, you should watch out for him. It's not because I think Fernando Tatis is going to be a sophomore slump of all time. I just think that he's going to regress to some extent, especially when you take into account that he strikes out nearly a third of his at-bats, which is a little bit problematic. And he's really not good at hitting change-ups, which is what contributes that to the most. But one of the biggest things is that he's currently being valued as like a high second-round pick. Now, granted, he's definitely got the talent for it, and I have no idea... I have no doubt in my mind that he's probably going to be a potential first-round pick in the future. But ESPN currently has him as number 26 overall in their rankings, and Yahoo has, has him at number 22 overall. That's a bit high for my liking as someone who's played fantasy for so long. For a guy who, admittedly, for a guy who hasn't played a full big league season under his belt. So that's my big concern with it. Now, do I still recommend drafting Fernando Tatis? Of course, I'm the host of the Lockdown Pirates. Of course, I'm going to tell you that. But I would temper expectations. And be a little bit careful because you can still get guys like Steven Strasburg, Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge, Xander Bogarts, guys who are a little bit more proven. So yes, Fernando Tatis, I'm down on Fernando Tatis only because strikes out a lot and I think he's being ranked a little bit too high. And that's your Fantasy Minute brought to you by Lee Kamish for Monday, February 17th. What are you doing for the game? A universal question. Whether the casual follower, the tweets everything, the beginner, the diehard, the stat nerd, the smack talker, the appetizer guy, 
the couldn't care less, or the makes everything into a competition person. We all have our place in the sports world. The same personalities apply to fantasy sports, and League Commish exists to ensure your fantasy sports experience is the best one for you. We match managers to leagues as we lay the foundation for your new league. It's as easy as signing up with your preferences, you get matched, and approve of that match before any commitment on your end. Sign up with League Commish by February 29th and receive 15% off by entering in the code LOCKEDON in the referred by section of the sign-up form. The first 25 people to sign up using our code receive their first match for free. What are you doing for the game? Find your next fantasy sports league at supercommish.com. And we are back, everybody, here on the Lockdown Padres podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Really excited. Week two, everybody. This is the beginning of week two of the show. I hope you guys are ex- as excited as I am. And we're talking next question from Mr. Andrew. It's really, this has been the Andrew Radcliffe show in a lot of ways, you know? So his next question that he shot me via DM, and remember, you guys can shoot me any messages you want, uh, any comments or questions that you have. I would love to answer them on the show. He asked me, why didn't the Padres pursue Kevin Pillar? Now, here's my thing. On Friday, the Boston Red Sox signed Kevin Pillar to a $4.25 million deal for one year, and that probably raised the question, why didn't the Red why didn't the Padres look into him? They're definitely a team that doesn't have a surefire center fielder, and they certainly have a questionable amount of depth in the outfield. Now, my response to this is that. One, I think a lot of people are looking at his offensive numbers and thinking, hey, this is a guy who hit 260 last year with 20 home runs. 21 to be exact. Why aren't more teams looking into him? Well, for one, he's never been an on-base guy. The highest his on-base percentage has been was 314, and that was back in 2015. And then last year, it was at 287. So his offensive numbers can be a little, uh, what's the word, mediocre? I'd say worse than that. Now, I'm not saying that he can't improve. He is 31 years old. But it does, from that perspective, he's a little questionable. In terms of his defense, he hasn't had a great defensive season since 2016. And while I think that he could certainly bounce back, there's no, like I said, he's 31. And that doesn't mean that he's, this is that the best of his days are behind him. I do think that it, we shouldn't be expecting that Kevin Pillar was going to solve the Padres' problem with the outfield. Now, all of that being said, I do think for $4 million a year, for one year, I think that he might have been worth a flyer. So I actually do agree with you, Andrew. I think that this is a, a player that, while not you know, going to solve anything, I think that he could have... He, he's worth a flyer. He's just one of those guys that's worth a flyer. I do think that AJ Peller is looking for a solution. And I think that Kevin Pillar might not have been it. But even so, I have to agree with you. For taking a flyer on this guy, I think that I don't really know why the Padres weren't looking into it. I think that, you know, I've been saying I think AJ Preller is waiting. I think he wants to see how everything shakes up. I've heard rumors that they want to move Tatis. or I'm, not, I'm sorry, not move him. They want to try him out in center field. I don't think that that's going to materialize. I think that they're just exploring some options just in case that they need him to emergency play that position one day. Lord knows I do not want to see Will Myers playing the outfield because he is quite bad defensively. I mean, you know, Kevin Pilar and Juan Ligares, you could say that they're not the best defensive players in the world, but they're certainly not as bad as Will Myers. I mean, Will Myers cannot do that anymore. That's why he's moved to first. So... I am a little bit disappointed that they didn't go after him, but I do think that there are other options out there, and Kevin Pillar is a little bit too 
I think his name and people get excited by the 260 average with the 20 homers. So yeah, th- those are my thoughts on Kevin Pillar. I don't really have anything else. The The whole Padres outfield situation is going to be interesting to monitor. I think Grisham is great, and I don't th- but I don't think he can quite carry the like defensive load back there. But I do think that at least they're kind of managing it. They're trying to figure it out. They're definitely looking into it. So I'm curious to see over the next few weeks if they end up, you know, if someone from spring training starts looking good or if they make another trade. We'll have to see because I'm still not convinced that this is the full roster that we're heading for on opening day. So yeah, those are my thoughts on those two questions, guys. The first ever listener episode of the Lockdown Padres podcast. That's it for today, guys. Uh, For today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. That is right. I made the same joke again. So suck it. Yeah, that was terrible to say. But every now and then I'm still going to say that it's a terrible joke. Don't care. Remember to subscribe to the pod wherever you get your pods from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, the Overcast app, whatever. Wherever you get your podcasts from, you can submit your ratings of the podcast. Uh, I'd really appreciate that. And remember, you can always follow me at Javapeno on Twitter. And you can also follow the show's account, which is at LO underscore Padres. Really excited for week two of the podcast, guys. I really think that it's going to be a lot of fun. And honestly, in a way... Despite the fact that regular season hasn't started, the benefit is that I feel like I'm coming up with different ways to produce content. You know, I think I have to be a little bit more creative right now, which is interesting because I like to try and make put my creative juices to good use. If I even have them is another question entirely, but I at least try to pretend that I have them. Thank you, Fire Faithful Homies, for tuning in, and I'll see you guys tomorrow and for the rest of the week. This is the Lockdown Padres Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'll see you next time.